and seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Good morning, and welcome to today's broadcast. You're listening to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. And I want to begin this morning by thanking each and every one of you around the world for allowing me this time to come into your homes and for the love and the support as the letters of, uh, are pouring in. It's very important for us to stay connected right now during this, this time uh, of uncertainty here in America especially, but are also around the world. This time in our broadcast, we can still have church right here through our broadcast, yes. In this time when many, many churches are still shut down across the country and around the world due to this COVID-19, we can still have church, or way, the way I say it, we can still have Jesus uh, through our broadcast. Jesus said in Matthew 18 and 20, wherever two or more are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Can you say amen? So I want you to grab your Bibles and let's have Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just have Jesus. You know, there are many challenges that we are faced with this life. And I believe that during this, this time of, of what I call uh, turmoil, this political turmoil in this country and around the world, oftentimes we forget our prayer life. So I'd like right now for you, wherever you are, just to take a moment, to take a moment and let us just go to God in prayer, remembering the blessings our God has provided for you and for me. And remember that this is that moment to moment when we have with God, our Creator, our Savior, our Lord of Lords and King of Kings who has come this morning to commune with you one-on-one. -on -one. Oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord God, one-on-one, -on -one, just, to, just to have this moment with you. To take this moment and just pray repentance. To take away the sins that we have created, Lord God, in our lives. Even the ones, Lord, that we've created that we don't even know where we've sinned perhaps against others. Or perhaps others have sinned against us and we've not forgiven that, and that in itself becomes sin. For truly, your son said, if you will forgive, not forgive others, my heavenly Father will not forgive you. Let us learn, Lord God, that as you forgive us, we truly must forgive others. Their trespasses against us. Let us take this time this morning as this election draws ever so close to pray, Lord God, for the leaders of this country to stop, stop 
the cutting of one another's down, the stop, the hatred and the rage that is going on in this political arena right now, and go back to the America and the world that we once knew, a time of peace and tranquility amongst your children, Lord God. Let us claim 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, that says, When my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and pray, then shall I hear from heaven and heal their lands. Let us take this moment, Lord God, to reach out to our family, to our friends, to those who have turned away and grasp them in spirit and in, and in, in soul. And let them be touched by the anointing of the Spirit of God. Let them be anointed by the spirit of our love for them. You cannot hate someone back to the fold. You must love one another back into God's fold. This is a time during this, this political upheaval that we need to love one another as God has loved us. Love thy neighbor as thyself. And if you don't love yourself, it's time you did. It's time you learn to love yourself once again. And I pray, Lord God, a healing upon all those that are listening to the sound of my voice right now. All those that may be sick of COVID-19. All those that may have cancer. All those that may have heart problems right now. In the name of Jesus, whatever it is that ails you right now, lift your hands to the heavens and let the anointing of the Holy Ghost come down and heal you by the power and the authority of Jesus' words. In Jesus' name, we pray it, we believe it, and receive Receive it right now in God, in his glorious name of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Glory to God and welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. I want you to know today that Jesus is before us. Jesus is behind us. Jesus is always beside us. And we, praise be to God, we are surrounded by an awesome God. We are surrounded by God Almighty. Hallelujah. In Matthew 5, 1 through 2, <clears throat> And seeing the multitudes, he went up unto the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and he taught him, saying, Blessed are them that mourn. You know, the first part of Jesus' sermon in Matthew 5 taught us to get real. To get real. In, in, to get real in how we live and in, in what we believe, my fellow saints in God. And the second part in Matthew 6 taught us to get real in our spiritual disciplines. The third part in Matthew 6 and 7 teaches us these important 
principles to get real in our attitude and get real in our obedience to God. Matthew 7 and 12 says, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men and women should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and of the prophets. That doesn't mean do unto others before they get a chance to do unto you. That means do unto others as you would have them do to you. Bless them. Pray for them. Send love, not hate. Now the dictionary defines attitude as a feeling or emotion toward a fact. In other words, the fact doesn't change, but our attitude towards it can make or break us. The English language has a stronger word, disposition. Disposition, which is defined as a, a, a habitual inclination or one's usual mood. A disposition is when the attitude becomes permanent. And Lord, we're seeing that in today's world, especially right up to this election day. In the streets of America, we're seeing a disposition is when the attitude becomes permanent. We're seeing a lot of that right now. John Maxwell wrote a book called The Winning Attitude. It's been nearly a decade ago now. And in that book, he indicates this brilliant piece. He included this. What is attitude? It is the advanced man of our true selves. It's the advancement. Its roots are inward, but its fruit is outward. It is our best friend or our worst enemy. It is the most honest or the more consistent than our words. It is the outward look based on the past experience. It is, it is a thing that which draws people to us or repels them from us. It is never uh, content until it is expressed. It is the librarian of our past. It is the speaker of our present. It is the prophet uh, of our future. In this section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us about several key areas of life where our attitude is undoubtedly the single most important factor. You see, attitudes don't lie. And they can't really be silenced. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 24, Lay not up yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves break through the seal. Break through and steal, excuse me. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no man can serve two masters, for they, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve the God and man, mammon. In Matthew 6 and 25 through 34, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for what your body, 
What ye shall put on is not, not the life, nor the meat, and the body that then raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto a statue? And why take ye thought of raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Say it again. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Repeat that for me. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 34, Take therefore no thought of, to, of the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. When Matthew 6.25 tells us to take no thought of your, for your life, the Greek word for is merimna. It is a translated worry by... Most of the, the newer Bible versions, its root word means to divide into parts, literally illustrating a distraction or preoccupation that causes anxiety. What is the difference between proper concern and worry? Basically this, proper concern mobilizes while worry immobilizes you. We know that. Some people are so full of anxiety, they just, they're frozen. They can't move forward. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 6, Judge not, listen to this, Judge not that ye be not judged. Say it with me. Judge not that ye be not judged. In many of the world today, that is the problem with many churches in, in, in America today. In fact, in many of the world churches today, people tend to judge first, not know what, what they're judging. Judge not that ye be not judged, for the, with that judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in the brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say unto thy brother, Let me pull out the mote that out of thy eye, behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite! First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly and cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under his feet and turn again and rend you. You know, my grandmother used to always tell me, you know what, before you try to clean up somebody else's front porch, you better clean off your back porch yourself. In other words, mind your own P's and Q's. Before you try to poke your nose into somebody else's business, make sure your business is, is clean and you're walking with God. See, ask, Matthew 7, 7, 11, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, glory to God, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. 
For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Glory to God. Or what man or woman is there of you who, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Asking, asking indicates things we wish for. Seeking indicates things that we've lost. Knocking indicates things which we feel shut out. Persistence is always the key to getting an answer from God. The answer is through an ultimate attitude. In Matthew 7, chapter 12, Therefore all things, whatsoever you would that men or women should do to you, do you even so to them? For this is the law of the prophets. We're talking about good things here. What we call the golden rule was cited in, in negative form in the writings of, of Rabbinic Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Confucius, Confuciusism, the other religions. But Jesus was the first to say it in the positive form. His commandment is certainly more difficult to do. Therefore, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Good things, the positive things. After Jesus finishes teaching us to get real in our attitude, he concludes his Sermon on the Mount by teaching us to get real in the matter of obedience to God. Jesus' teachers are powerful, but they do us absolutely no good if we don't put them into practice and we get real with ourselves and get real with God. Remember that Jesus is talking to the disciples. He ends his most famous Sermon on the Mount by contrasting not the saved and the unsaved, but two kinds of believers. To do so, Jesus uses three comparisons. So Jesus leaves us with two roads. In Matthew 7, chapter 30, uh, verse 13 and 4, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in there at. Because straight is, excuse me, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The Greek word here translated narrow is tethelemi, which means restricted and or confined. And the Greek word translated broad is eurochoros, which comes from two words, euris, meaning broad, and kora, meaning country. The broad way is a word picture describing a wide open country with no fences, no boundaries, with no rules or regulations. Its residents may go anywhere they want and live their lives as undisciplined as they choose. They need not worry about getting off the road. They cannot, for there is no road. But Jesus says that this undisciplined way of so-called freedom leads to their destruction. And that describes what's going on in the streets of America today. The other way he describes is two trees in Matthew 7, 15 through 23. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. 
Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs and thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth fruit, but the corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know all men. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not promised in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in the name done many wondrous works. And then will I profess unto them, I knew you not. Depart from me, ye are work of iniquity. False prophets are preachers who say what the people want them to hear, sugar and spice and everything nice. But their fruit or their particular uh, practical long-term effects of their teaching identifies them as false ministers. In Jeremiah 23, 30 and 32, Therefore behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, He saith, Behold, I am against the prophecy, false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them to cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightedness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them, therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man, speaking by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. These disciples will be utterly astonished by the judgment when they find out that the Lord doesn't recognize them as his children. The Greek language of Matthew 7.23 gives the sense of God saying, I never approved you. I bore that long enough. Now be gone. Two houses, two trees. In Matthew 7, 24, 27, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to the wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and the beat upon the house, and I felt it not, for it was founded upon the rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine doeth them not shall be likened unto the foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell and a great was the fall of it. Many so-called disciples today look at the word of God as an incidental addition to their life. They hear it preached, but they only obey its teaching, teachings the way they want, if it, if it happens to be convenient for them. As a result, the house they are building looks good, but it has no foundation, because obedience is the foundation of the Christian life. The foundation of the building is incredible important even through it is hidden even though it's hidden most of the important areas of obedience in the christian life can be faked before others but we get we must keep it real get it real this is the real teaching of the lord jesus christ at sermon of the mount in matthew 7 28 and 29 and it came to pass when jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one of having authority and not one of the scribes. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, Lord God, at the close of this series on the Sermon on the Mount. Father, I just pray that you would just open the hearts 
the minds and the spirits and the souls of those who have listened to this series. Lord, we shortened up the series today, but we ask, Lord God, that you would just bless this series and let it just be a teaching to each and every person who has ears, let them hear, who has eyes, let them see. As a mouth, let them go out and preach the gospel. Let them go speak on behalf of spiritual awareness and let the, the, let them encourage others to come and listen to the sermons that we provide here on this broadcast. Let's reach out, Lord God, and evangelize. Evangelize. Let this prayer ministry go forth as a, as a, as a, as a two-edged sword, Lord God, and let the Holy Spirit reach them and let Jesus Christ bring them into the altar, wherever they may be kneeling, wherever they may be in their car, in their home, in their workplace. And may they get saved by the grace of Almighty God today. We ask that you would be with us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this broadcast, to join us as a prayer partner at 11 o'clock every day. We pray for the salvation of the lost. 11 o'clock, no matter what time zone you're in, no matter what country you're in, no matter what city, no matter what state, just join with us as a prayer warrior, a prayer partner, and just join with us at the 11 o'clock hour, no matter what that is, and just say a short prayer that would lead folks to come to Christ. If you've never heard that prayer, it's a very simple prayer. It's called a sinner's prayer. It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness today. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I trust you and I follow you as my Lord and Savior. If you, you being a Christian, you don't have to be a, a, an ordained minister. You don't have to be a, a, an ordained priest. You don't have to be, uh, you know, a, a, anyone. You can be you. You can be you, a shepherd of God's flock, a shepherd of prayer, a simple man or woman of God. And with that prayer, you can lead someone to Christ. The time of God's clock is ticking down. And I encourage you, find that loved one, speak to them about Jesus, and lead them in that simple, simple sinner's prayer. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you until he brings us back again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello out there, prayer partners and prayer warriors. I wanted to take just a moment of your time before we sign off today. If you're listening on Anchor or Breaker or Google Podcasts, Apple Pocket Podcast, RadioPublic.com or Spotify, CastBox or Overcast, uh, I invite you to go over to our regular website, Spiritual Awareness, all one word, SpiritualAwareness.net. Uh, we have some specials going on right now, uh, special offerings of some T-shirts for supporting our, our ministry. Also, uh, 
a, a wonderful uh, reference Bible. Uh, if you just go to the website and put on our appreciation page, it'll show you that. Um, and kind of want to just ask you to, to maybe make a couple calls to family, friends, um, other Christians that uh, may be in your church, and invite them to join with us at our 11 o'clock prayer hour. Um, you know, the more churches we have, more congregations join us in, in with this. Uh, 11 o'clock every day we pray for the salvation of the lost of this world, all around the world. We have people everywhere that's joining us. And we'd, we'd just love to have your church, if you're listening, uh, take it to your deacon, take it to your pastor, and let's get let's get a worldwide movement here going where we pray for the for the lost, the salvation of the lost around the world. We recently seen the results of uh, Brother Graham and his prayer walk. Uh, we've we've you know we hardly ever hear of of the rioting and the loot, looting anymore. I'm sure we will more, but uh, God moves when we talk to God. God moves uh, mountains when we you know as I said today in this sermon. Pray, you know, ask and it shall be given. You know, knock and the doors will open. So, uh, I just, I just ask that you would uh, in include your church and and uh, your loved ones in on this uh, prayer time, eleven o'clock every day. Just take and bow your head for just a moment, or just, uh, you know, just take a moment and just ask God. If nothing else, I join with Pastor Davenport in his eleven o'clock prayer. That would be great, uh, and we would just, you know, just go with that. Uh, also, I invite you to go if you'd like to support our ministry, if you enjoyed our messages uh, to late, uh, our, our Sunday sermons or our Wednesday sermon. Uh, just join with us, and if you can make an offering of two bucks or whatever you can do, it's greatly appreciated, and it goes to help with our work for, for the Lord. Now, once again with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make His face to shine upon you till He brings us back once again. God bless you. Take care. We love you.